Hey everyone, welcome to All Things Billy. It's me, your host, as always, Michael Anthony Judicissi, back with another installment of the Billy's Gals segment. I should have called Rick Springfield. You know, I wish that I had Billy's Gals. He could have done a take on that. <laughs> and today, it's probably going to be a short episode. Because we're going to talk about the person that absolutely the least is known about, yet her name is bandied about as being Billy's gal. We'll talk about why that is. Celsa Gutierrez. And uh, was she the reason Billy went back to Fort Sumner instead of heading out for anywhere else other than New Mexico territory after escaping the, uh, the jail? In Lincoln. So uh, we'll talk about that. I uh, hope you've had a chance to listen to the ebook. Looks like, oh, <laughs> listen to the ebook. How about you listen to the audiobook and read the ebook, Knucklehead Michael? Uh, hope you've had a chance to do that. If you have not, you can just find it right here on the Anchor FM podcast site or any other podcast site where you catch this. Uh, it seems like uh, Spotify and uh, um, Apple podcasts are the two most popular. Um, but before we get into Celsa Gutierrez, uh, I wanted to share some uh, interesting news. I, you know, the podcast software will give you stats of where people listen. And so it's been, uh, it's been really, uh, quite interesting to see geographically where people are listening from, uh, as you would expect that the United States is, uh, you know, place number one, 81% of all listeners or downloads of individual episodes happen in the United States, 8% in Canada, 6% in the UK. So if you do the math there, that's 95%. But then you look down the list, it's kind of cool. Sweden, of all places, at 2%, the next highest. Sweden. Who would have thought Billy the Kid was big in Sweden? 1% in Australia. And then less than 1% in Norway, Germany, Italy, Denmark, New Zealand, Mexico, Netherlands, Ukraine, Czech Republic, Philippines, Belgium, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Turkey, India, Singapore, and Ireland. So all somewhat less than 1%, but all those countries listening into the All Things Billy podcast. Uh, number one platform to listen to it on, 47% Spotify. 33% Apple Podcasts, 8% Anchor, which is kind of the native software where you might be listening, 3% CastBox, I don't even know what that is, and then everything else, 9%. And then the other, you know, you typically think as, uh, you know, of Billy the Kid in the Old West as, <laughs> don't think this is the wrong way because it's coming from an old man, but it's kind of old man stuff. Uh, and in, in the Facebook advertising I've done in the past for my books and films, uh, it's always that 55 to 65 or 65 plus demographic where you get the most people uh, based on the Facebook algorithm. Uh, but 49, almost half, uh, 49%, almost half of the people that listen to the podcast are between the ages of 35 and 44 37% between 45 and 49 and only one uh, 45 and 59 and only 1% over 60. Maybe they're not technically proficient enough to listen to a podcast. Um, males make up 79%, 
females 19%, not specified 1%, and no non-binary people, according to this. So there you go. There's the all things Billy <laughs> breakdown uh, of the podcast. Season two, we're in episode, gosh, what is it? Eight already? Four, five, six, seven. Yeah, it was episode eight. Um, so thanks uh, for sticking with me and listening. Um, whatever the uh, number of people that listen on podcast software, it's four or five, sometimes 10 times more that that listen slash watch on YouTube. So I appreciate all of you. The YouTube subscribers are climbing. can give you an update on that exciting news. It really has uh, climbed. And we're in the 600s now. Do, do, do. 637 subscribers on our way to a thousand. So thank you all for that. And uh, I endeavor to get the uh, podcast episodes up, uh, you know, quickly within 24 hours um, so that uh, people can, you know, get them in a timely fashion. Uh, but it doesn't always happen. So that's that. Anyway, we're here to talk about Celso Gutierrez, and we will do that when we come back right after this. All right, welcome back. So we're off and running with the mysterious woman of Fort Sumner. Uh, what do we know about Celsa Gutierrez? Well, I'm leaning heavily on the research from my buddy Jason Young of Billy the Kids Historical Coalition. Sorry, I got tongue tied there. Um, and uh, Jason is always excellent with his research and summarizing it. Um, and putting up stories on a regular basis. If you're not a member of Billy the Kid Mysteries, Movies, and Books on Facebook, you should be, because he really works hard in pulling this research together. Um, so uh, Jason's research shows that Celso Gutierrez was probably, probably born in or around 1856. Feliciana Gutierrez and her father was Jose Dolores Gutierrez. Um, where? Don't know. Um, exactly when? Don't know. See, that that's the, the biggest problem that you come across with uh, these historical things is the records are simply not, they weren't kept like they are today. And to be honest with you, a hundred years from now, you know, people are going to be researching somebody from today and going, oh my God, I can't believe they didn't have a tracking chip shoved up their ass by Bill Gates so we could just download all of their health data. Now we have to wade through all these paper files that they, their doctor created in the 90s. So it's going to be a challenge all the time. And in the, the, the good researcher just lives for those moments where they come across that, that thing, that one thing that opens up a whole nother world of possibilities. But as far as we know about Celsa, she was born potentially about 1856, which in 1881 would make her about 25 years old. So certainly, you know, that makes sense that she could have been a uh, uh, a sweetheart of Billy the Kid. Um, you know, he, he was probably 19 to 20, 21 at that time. We're not even sure about that. Um, and so, uh, so, okay, check mark there. Uh, at some point after Lucian Maxwell purchased uh, the uh, the buildings of Fort Sumner, because he never actually owned the land, just the buildings, um, the uh, Gutierrez family moved in. From where? Don't know. 
Puerta de Luna, Anton Chico, Seven Rivers, Tularosa. I, who the hell knows? Nobody knows. You're not going to know. I shouldn't say that. You're most likely not ever going to know. Um, in 1874, so at the age of roughly 19 years old, Celsa had a love child named Condido, and she had that, that Condido was a bastard. I'm not, that's not an insult. He was born out of wedlock. Um, and the 1880 census for Fort Sumner shows Condito living with Celsa's parents. So her parents lived there, and she, as you probably would have a lot in these uh, older times, uh, she had had her parents raise her son. I, uh, I'm not going to go into any detail here, but in, in my past life, <laughs> I don't know any other way to explain it, but I, not in my family, but in a family of someone who was close to me, that's kind of exactly what happened. The adult daughter had two children, I think with two different men, and then had the grandmother raise all of them as if they were her children. So in other words, their mother became their sister uh, for all they knew. Uh, and, you know, this was, uh, you know, 40 years ago or so. So so it's not, not that unusual, really. Um, uh, Celsa marries at some point Saval or Sabal, just depending upon who's... Uh, 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 whose research you follow, but I think most people uh, see him as Saval, S-A-V-A-L, uh, Saval Gutierrez, which interestingly enough, he's got the exact same name as she does. Uh, so somewhere way back in the old country, they probably are relatives. Um, <clears throat> and sometime in 1877, thereabouts, it looks like uh, Celsa has another child. Okay. Uh, now, Celsa is the sister of Apollonaria Garrett, and that's Pat Garrett's wife, his second wife. Um, his first wife died within a couple weeks of, uh, uh, of, of their marriage from stress. I mean, it, it really seemed like she just kind of went mad and died a couple weeks later. But Pat, Pat Garrett remarries Apollonaria Garrett, and Celsa is the uh, sister um, so uh, that's that means Apollonaria was a Gutierrez before she marries Pat Garrett. So lots of Gutierrez around. There's still many in New Mexico. Interestingly enough, when I punched Celsa Gutierrez into Facebook, uh, there's a bunch of matches. And there's one in Santa Fe. I don't think it's the Celsa from Fort Sumner. Um, there's another. Oh, there's two in Santa Fe. Well, actually, I think the two in Santa Fe might be the same woman with two profiles. Um, and, uh, here's another, so yeah, so, uh, there's, there's a number of them, not, not that unusual a name. All right. So now Celsa's married. She has potentially two children. It's 1877. She's married to Saval. Um, now the, uh, the, and this, none of this stuff is documented. So now you're completely on your own as to the, uh, the veracity of it. Do you believe it? Um, Saval is known as a raging alcoholic. Um, drunk all the time. Um, uh, Celsa feels abandoned, you know, that she, she doesn't have, <laughs> she doesn't really have a husband. She just is a drunk. And so this leads to her uh, fascination, her attraction to Billy Bonnie. And this is perfectly plausible, even if he wasn't a drunk, 
I think it's perfectly plausible that, you know, Selsa and, uh, and Billy could have hooked up. Savala's, uh, we don't have his age and very little information, but he was known to be older, relatively significantly older than Selsa. And Billy is not. Billy's younger by a few years, most likely, and uh, probably a better fit. And as at least as best we know, Billy wasn't a drunkard. He may have had a drink now and again, but he was not certainly not an alcoholic. The reason Celsa Gutierrez uh, enters Billy the Kid history is very simple. Walter Burns Noble. And uh, we've talked about uh, Burns Noble's book, the Saga of Billy the Kid, published in 1926, and uh, we've talked about his uh, interviews with uh, old-time New Mexicans, uh, including Paulita Maxwell, who firmly denies that she was the kid's squeeze, and essentially takes Celso, the memory of Celso Gutierrez, who has passed by this point, and throws it right under the bus. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm looking for uh, I don't I don't even think we have a you know a date of uh, death no grave no we don't know when she died so Paulita says hey there were three women that could have been the reason Billy came back one of them is you know this rich woman in Santa Fe the other one is blah 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 and one of them is no longer here but would be known because of her connection to Pat Garrett or you know so I'm paraphrasing. And that's obviously her saying Billy was there for Selsa. Okay. This is very convenient because Selsa Gutierrez is dead or long gone somewhere. We don't even know. We don't know when she died, but it was um, Paulita said she had died by that point. So at least we have that to go on. And it's very convenient that rather than uh, Paulita Maxwell pinning the the reason uh, or the uh, the focus of Billy's amorous attentions on two women who are still alive, including Abrana Garcia, she pins it on the one who's dead. That seems very convenient to me. I don't know about you. And it could be true. It doesn't mean it's not true. It just means that it's very simple, that there's not going to be any backlash. Who's going to speak? Who's left to speak out against that? And so uh, we, uh, I, I, uh, I hear, I'll read you the passage. Uh, Billy the Kid, after his escape at Lincoln, came to Fort Sumner. It is true to see a woman he was in love with, but it was not I. Pat Garrett should have known who she was because she was connected with her and not very distantly by marriage. The night the kid was killed, Garrett asked Pete Maxwell why the kid was in Fort Sumner. He shook his head and said he didn't know, but merely wanted to save Garrett the embarrassment. He knew and I knew. I was standing beside his chair at the time and would have answered Garrett's question if Pete, with a look, had not warned me to keep my mouth shut. Well, we'll come back to that part in a minute. So, Celsa Gutierrez, the mystery woman. We have one picture that's purported to be her. She looks very cute. She's got a tiny, tiny little nose, almost like she couldn't breathe through it. Um... But yeah, she looked like a very pretty young lady. Um, she <clears throat> absolutely existed. Saval Gutierrez is rumored to have not even cared that uh, Celsa and uh, Billy are having an affair just as long as he can stay drunk. Uh, 
I don't know. I mean, who knows? People have all kinds of relationships. So maybe, maybe Saval said, oh, I don't like this little nosed wench. <laughs> I like a girl with a nice big, you know, thick nose. And so I'm not into her. So I don't care as long as, <laughs> as long as she's happy, I'm happy. So let her have Billy. I mean, who maybe, probably not, but maybe. Okay. Uh, the rumors are that at the time that Billy was captured, uh, at Stinking Springs, or uh, after he was arrested there, that uh, he finds out that Celso was pregnant. And I, I, I've got to imagine if that's true, or if he found out Paulita was pregnant, or Abrana, or Deluvina, uh, you know, what, whatever, that that's got to be a drive to escape and see them, and maybe have a life with his family, I would imagine. Um but there's no confirmation of that. There's no record of Celsa having a baby after that. In fact, kind of after the pounding the fist on the chest of Garrett and, you know, them burying Billy, it seems like Celsa Gutierrez just kind of vanishes from history. If that doesn't tell you that Billy the Kid was not a big deal until 1926, then nothing will. Yeah, I mean, there were people that were interested, but, but by and large, Billy was a kind of forgotten entity. Uh, you know, his uh, his involvement in the history of Fort Sumner and those kind of things. I mean, those people remembered him, but, you know, a national story, a hero or an outlaw or a, or a devil or an angel, whatever. I mean, just no. It really was Burns' book, which was heavily fictionalized. It really was Burns' book that brought him back into the public consciousness than the Howard Hughes film. And then, of course, all these other moron filmmakers, like some bald guy from New Mexico. <laughs> right, everybody jumps on the Billy bandwagon. 1926, though, that's the point you can uh, look directly back and go, oh, where did the legend come from? Well, that's where it came from. Uh, we'll uh, go forward with Celsi here in a moment. But I want to go back to that quote because uh, I, I did ask uh, in, on, on social media, a couple of the Billy the Kid groups, for some feedback on this idea that Paulita puts herself in Maxwell's bedroom. Uh, she says, uh, you know, Garrett asked Pete Maxwell why the kid was in Sumner, shook his head and said he didn't know, but merely wanted to save Garrett the embarrassment. He knew I knew I was standing beside the chair at the time and would have answered if Pete with a look had not warned me to keep my mouth shut. Okay. So I, I read that in the first few times I read that through, I said, wow, she's putting herself right there in the bedroom, uh, you know, while Garrett's questioning Maxwell, because that's really the only record that Garrett leaves of questioning Maxwell. And a lot of people said, oh, no, 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 Michael, you're you're a moron, which could be true, by the way. But they said, no, clearly what she means is that was afterward when they were reconvening and having a meeting. Well, I don't know what the hell's clear about. There's nothing <laughs> clear about that. And if you read it and, and you have words that you're reading that I don't, then fine. But here's the thing. I, I recognize that my interpretation of this happening when Garrett, you know, walks into the room and says, uh, you know, where's where's the kid? And, and Maxwell, you know, wakes up from, you know, drunken sleep. It's probably not then because the room is pitch black. So how how would uh, Paulita be able to see Pete's look telling her not to say anything? So I agree that it probably did not happen at that point. 
I do not agree it happened at some time later during an after action report because Garrett himself says my deputies and I, you know, barricade ourselves in the Maxwell house, you know, guarding the body because we're afraid to be uh, attacked by friends of the dead man. Now, can you imagine Garrett, McKinney and Poe all on the guard there with Billy's body on the floor or at the carpenter shop? Again, we don't know. And they're afraid that the many, many friends of Billy, which he still had, might come and attack them. And and then Garrett says, hey, Maxwell, bring your wake your sister up or bring her in here in this room where we're about to be attacked. And let's have a conversation about why Billy Bonnie was here. That makes no sense whatsoever to me. Paulita would probably want to get as far away from the house as possible if there's a chance that somebody's going to start shooting or storming the bedroom and wanting to take the body or wanting to kill the, uh, Garrett and his deputies. I don't see any point where they're sitting down in a well-lit room and going, hey, let's have a little conversation about why Billy was here. And secondly, who, the, who cares why Billy was there? He's dead. There isn't any reason at that point for Garrett to you know to do some investigation as to why Billy was there, he got his man. He got him. That's it. Case closed. What I really think happened, if Paulita was telling the truth, or if Walter Burns Noble, his notes reflect the truth, is that I think there was an earlier meeting. I think that Garrett most likely lied about the only time that he talked to Pete Maxwell was near midnight when he snuck into his room. I think that there was a meeting earlier on where it was discussed that Billy was in or around Fort Sumner. It was light enough that people could see each other so Pete could shoot a look to Paulita. And since the kid wasn't there, there probably was no danger. There wasn't a mob of armed men that were, you know, wanting to take Garrett and his deputies down. I think that's at least a very viable uh, alternative to the fact that, uh, or to the uh, assumption that this happened afterwards. And they were sitting around at 2 AM having tea and crumpets over the body of Billy Bonnie and discussing why he was there or not. I just don't think it happened. I don't think Pete would put his sister in danger that way. It also calls into question the entire way in which the kid was killed or not, or not. Because, you know, if Garrett was there at nine o'clock, July 14, it's barely dark by 9 9 p.m., maybe 9.30, 10 o'clock. Maybe there is some sort of trap laid. Maybe Garrett tells his men, hey, we're going to go in the peach orchard and we're going to, uh, you know, set this trap and wait till Billy goes and then we're going to hustle our way on up there and kill him. I think those are all very real possibilities. Um, By the way, a few... uh, Uh, I I think it was the episode on old Fort Sumner, kind of a tour. Um, And and, uh, I had said that uh, there, there was testimony by, by somebody that, um, that Billy or somebody else might've been with a woman in the peach orchard. And these are the voices that Garrett hears, you know, and he sees the man come up and kind of hop the wall. Um, And somebody had asked me and said, hey, Michael, what's your source for this? Because Garrett never mentioned that. It's in the book uh, by Leon Metz, Pat Garrett, uh, Story of a Western Lawman. I think that's the title. Uh, I was reading that and, uh, and I saw it echoed in a couple other places. It could be completely made up, but I didn't make it up. (laughs) Um, that, you know, there was 
there was somebody that yeah, some buddies that were enjoying a little, you know, and uh and and then when they were finished, maybe they they needed privacy out in the peach orchard, or maybe it was just a good spot. I don't know, maybe have some peaches while, <laughs> while you're out there. So uh it was in the Leon Metz book. Uh that's where that would have been where I, I first saw it. Okay. In any event, Paulita Maxwell, given the chance to say, hey, I was Billy's sweetheart. I loved him. I would have left with him. I was carrying his baby. Oh, oh, and none of those things might be true, by the way. Uh, instead says, you know what? I'm not going to say a name, but I'm going to tell you exactly who it is. Tell me it was Celsa Gutierrez without telling me it was Celsa Gutierrez. <laughs> right? That's kind of what Noble says. And Paulita says, yep, Pat Garrett should have known who it was because she's related to him by marriage and not very distantly. And that's how the whole legend starts. There's not one single shred of evidence that points to the fact that Celso Gutierrez and Billy Bonney had an affair, but there's nothing to disprove it. Nor is there any evidence that Celso had another child somewhere around or thereabouts of uh, early 1882 or late 1881. So we can't point to that. All we know is that Paulita had the final word because history is either written by the victors or those who live long enough to write it when everybody else is dead. So that's what we know of Celsa Gutierrez, potential squeeze of Billy the Kid. Incidentally, as I was doing a little more research today, I found the uh, wedding picture of Paulita and uh, Jose Jaramillo, January 1882. You can probably find it on the internet pretty easily. The one thing that caught my eye right away is it, it, it certainly appears that Paulita is not pregnant. January 1882. And Paulita is not pregnant. Now that's a good six months after Billy is killed or not, or escapes. So what does that tell us? And she's got, you know, a tiny waist. I mean, I, I think women call it, I, I've known some uh, models and actors that, women that uh, do something called waist training. Now, I don't think I really understand it, but I think it is that, you know, you put these smaller and smaller kind of corsets on if you're in that world of modeling or Old West stuff to keep pulling your waist in so that you can, so it's more, I don't know, so you're more comfortable that way. Anyway. Uh, that's what it looks like, uh, you know, with Paulita, just this tiny, tiny little waist. And then, you know, she, she shapes out to her shoulders. But there's no way that she is, you know, eight or nine months pregnant in that. So that leaves us with two possibilities. She was not pregnant on the night of 14 July, 1881. Or she was. And if she was, it would have had to be, absolutely would have had to be, a pregnancy that occurred, you know, right at the beginning of May. And she would have literally had a just given birth. Now, it, the, the, the photograph of, of uh, she and Jaramillo is not dated. It could be the end of January. But Billy escapes the Lincoln jail on April 28th, 1881. 
if it takes them five days to get to Sumner, it's early May. We've talked about this. So you got May, June, July, August, September, October, November. December is eight months. January is nine. She didn't look like a woman who just gave birth. So what happened? There was no other chance if, if she and Billy were sweethearts that he could have gotten her pregnant and that she couldn't have delivered by then. It would have had to be early December before Billy went on the run. So if it's early December and he's killed in July, July 14, now we're looking at eight months. I mean, she would have to be fully showing, you know, I mean, ready to go within a few weeks. <clears throat> and there's no mention anywhere that Paulita was, you know, so obviously pregnant on that night. And I would have to assume somebody would have talked about that. So for those who believe that Paulita was not pregnant, I think you've got some ammunition to work with here. Because the legend says she had a daughter, the daughter lived to 16 and then passed away and they hid the identity and married her off to Jose Jaramillo because, you know, to save the embarrassment. But the timelines and that picture in particular just don't seem to fit. That doesn't mean Paulita was not Billy's sweetheart. It doesn't mean she wasn't pregnant when he was killed and maybe lost the pregnancy. But as far as her being pregnant by Billy the Kid and having a full-term baby, it does not look like that's possible. And if it is, I mean, literally, she's out of the maternity ward. I know she's in there having the babies at home. And then she's into hair and makeup and this, and she's getting her... You know, her recently pregnant belly and all, her innards all squished into this, you know, tiny little, uh, tiny little corset. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we can disqualify Paulita Maxwell as being uh, a mother of a child of Billy the Kid, just like we can eliminate Abrana Garcia of she can be the uh, mother and is of Patronosio, but that's not Billy's. Son, so we're left with Celsa Gutierrez. If Billy did have kids, the most likely scenario is that he had them with her. But that's just one thing we're not going to find out. We're just not going to know. We'll be back to wrap up our talks of Celsa on all things Billy right after this. And welcome back. One more thing I want to cover. Um, the, uh, the famous or infamous knife that Billy was purported to be carrying that night. If you've seen the one that was uh, at the uh, uh, Brian LaBelle, I think it's LaBelle's Old West Auctions, uh, auctioned uh, in December uh, 2018, the the story was, in fact, the the purported story is right here that, uh, and this is from Walter Burns Noble's book. So you can you can say, oh, this was going to be Paulita, and then he changed it to Celsa. But take it for what it's worth. Um, 
Billy takes his coat, boots, and hat, throws himself on the bed, calls for Celsa. She steps into the room from the kitchen. I'm hungry, Celsa, said the kid. Can you get me a bite to eat? Celsa goes through the pantry. Nothing but cold tortillas and coffee. I'll take the coffee. Um, Pete Maxwell killed a beef today. It's on the north porch of the Maxwell house. I'll go cut you a steak. Uh, she went to the kitchen and got the butcher knife. Uh, kid says, I'll go get it. Gets up from the bed. Celsa says, you have to stay here. Danger is always near. You must not venture out. There's no danger, Celsa. Give me the knife. And there you go. So that's Burns Noble's account. Um, Brushy Bill says it was uh, Jesus Silva, whose house he was in. And Jesus Silva says, go cut the steak. Um, and uh, Paulita Maxwell didn't deny, it didn't uh, take any part in this. But here's the thing. Um, people like to point to the fact that, yes, Celsa must have been Billy's squeeze because the knife was given back to her, right? It was taken by Garrett and given back to Celsa Gutierrez. Um, that's not true. Here's the uh, provenance list of the knife that was put up for sale for a uh, <laughs> a king's ransom. Uh, it's sold at $118,000. I That's, uh, wow, I can't believe it. Anyway, uh, here's the provenance. Paulita Maxwell Jaramillo to her daughter, Adelina Jaramillo Wellborn, to her daughter, Ali Swanson, to her daughter, Susan Swanson Wortham, to Frederick Nolan, to Robert McCubbin. Handwritten testimony signed by De Luvina Maxwell and Adelina Wellborn, March 20, 1926. So they, I mean, they, they, they go after De Luvina to, and she is interviewed. We'll talk about her. Um, uh, Delvina talks to J. Evitz Haley in 1927 and so mentions the knife. Uh, then there's affidavits. Then there's a book of uh, genealogical data on the Jaramillo family. And then blah, 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 blah. Nowhere in the provenance does that knife go back to Celsa Gutierrez. So for the people that believe, hey, it had to be Celsa's that he came from because the knife was, knife was given back to her. That didn't happen. That's not true. It does not mean that Billy wasn't at Celsa's. Maybe Paulita stole Celsa's knife. I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt anybody thought this knife would be anything important. I think they probably picked it up and go, oh, I need a butcher knife. But in any event, that is no proof that that theory or idea that the knife was returned to Celsa is zero proof because it did not happen according to the chain of provenance. So uh, one more strike against Celsa Gutierrez being at least the final stop of Billy the Kid. And maybe he was with Jesus Silva. Maybe he was with Abrana Garcia. Or maybe, just maybe he was with the Belle of Fort Sumner, Paulita Maxwell. We have one more woman to cover on the Billy's Gals series, and that's Diluvina Maxwell. I, and is it Diluvina? Diluvina sounds like South, like Mississippi South. Diluvina sounds like anything else. So I'll have to figure out by the time we record that one which <laughs> which pronunciation I'm going to go with. Um, and she's kind of a fascinating character. Um, there's there's some things there to take a look at, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know if we can include her as one of Billy's sweethearts. We certainly can include her as one of B Billy's very trusted friends, uh, someone that cared for him deeply, and probably someone, probably among all people, probably someone that Billy could have taken that letter from Governor Wallace that offered him or or said that he could be exempt from prosecution if he testified against Dolan uh, and Jesse Evans and probably given it to Delu Vina. That's somebody he could trust with his life. And that paper, when he was in prison, was the thing that he thought might save his life. Delavina moved around quite a bit. She passed away in Albuquerque, and I think it was in 27, must have not been very, she talks to Jay Evitz Haley, June 24, and it was a bit later. Her grave is in a common area, unmarked, um, in a cemetery along I-25, and may have been actually paved over part of that cemetery, but we'll get more into that in the next episode of All Things Billy. Hey, if you're looking for the uh, final trial of Billy the Kid, well, so the hell am I. <laughs> Still not released on Amazon. I will let you know when it happens. But in the meantime, you can get your Billy fix by going to www.mankindpro.com. Buy all the Back to Billy books, all six of them, um, and uh, and live it up. Revel yourself in the time-traveling adventures of Martin Teebs. Put yourself in his place. What would you do if you wound up back in time fighting alongside the regulators? Would you change history? Could you change history? And what would you do if you screwed up and allowed somebody else to change history? Huh. Guess we'll find out. See you next time on All Things Billy.